As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. Hello, welcome to Love, Forgive, Live podcast. My name is Rhoda Aglago. This podcast was created to inspire, motivate, and encourage people, and of course, empower anyone who needs empowerment. Now, today's episode is interesting. It's a little story I'm going to share with everybody. Today's episode is episode 24. It marks, I believe, six months since I started this. Those of you who have been loyal Listeners, thank you for sticking around, even though I'm navigating this genre of communicating, storytelling, and connecting with people. I'm grateful that I'm able to do this and, of course, reach my brothers and sisters because we are all one. We are brothers and sisters. No matter who we are, we are not strangers. Okay? Now, one thing that I take very seriously is being kind to one another. So today's topic, I'm going to talk about the two most important, I I should say, the two most valuable lessons I learned in my lifetime so far. And strangely enough, 
they both had something to do with my childhood. You see, I didn't grow up in a environment that was very nurturing to me. I started out having that, but yeah, I think around eight, nine, things kind of took a nosedive. <clears throat> and you would read about it eventually when the book gets published, at least when we release the book. Let me put it that way, because I thought writing is such a simple thing. Just write it and just it's edited and then just print it and that's it. And just so... No, there's a whole lot that goes into it. So I'm learning that too. So anyways, I'm not going to go into too much detail about what happened in my childhood for me to come about with that. But one thing I do recognize is um, kindness was very important. I wish I had it because people were not the friendliest person. They they really brought me a lot of challenge. Um and I'm talking about growing up in Ghana because my parents, both my parents went outside the country and to try and start a new life. And the premise was that I was going to come and join my parents, but that didn't happen until much later. But in any case, I remember with our culture, children are only seen and not heard and sometimes people did you know we get a lot of yelling uh, you know people yelling at me and not being really kind and um, I didn't like it and of course the hurt of people not treating me like their own so I started recognizing how the people made me feel. As a child, it hurt. I didn't like it. And it just, it, it, I don't know whether it disturbed me or not, but it was something I detested. I didn't like it. I would walk into a room and somebody would just yell at me and literally embarrass me. For the sake, I just walked into a room. Or I asked a question and I just get dismissed. I would say something sometime before I could even finish the sentence. I'm already shut down. And I used to feel like, geez, what is it? At least hear what I have to say first or the questions I had to ask. And the thing is, I was one of those kids. I didn't know when to shut up. And it wasn't out of malice for the adults that were around me. It was because I was born curious. Oh, my gosh. My curiosity was so strong, it was hard to quench that. Like, nothing. It's like you, I would ask a question, and I'll be ignored. Or be told, oh, whatever, go away, you talk too much. It wasn't because I was coming at them like, oh, let me just bug this person or create a, dis a, dis a discomfort for them. I wanted to learn. I wanted to ask, have my questions answered. And time and time again, people kept dismissing me. And I didn't like it. But then I would go on asking again to another adult, hoping to get some answers. And I wouldn't get it. Then it frustrated me. It made me 
angry. So I would sometimes lash out, lash out and get, almost beat myself, not get, but beat myself for being the way that I was. So then I would fight more to try and get some answers. Then, of course, it wouldn't happen. And it was the most infuriating thing to go through because I felt like, why aren't my answers being given to me? Where can I find it if I don't find, if I don't ask an adult to get it? And it hurt. And of course, my age group didn't have the answers. And when I asked them, they just told me, you're just weird. Granted, maybe I was a weird child. <laughs> so I would be like, okay, I can't get this. And now, of course, I'll go to an elder. And these are the people who are much more older than the, my parents. And sometimes I would get the words, oh, you know, stop asking so many questions. Sometimes if you ask too many questions, you go crazy. You won't get the answers. Those questions can't be answered. And I would feel like, okay... This is feeling like I'm banging my head against the wall. And so I would give up for a while. And then I'll get back to it again. So eventually, I decided, okay, I don't like the way I'm being treated. I don't like being dismissed all the time. I don't like having my answers not answered. My questions not answered, sorry. I don't like how it made me feel and I don't like how I was being treated. And like I said, it hurts. And it started making me, making me feel like I wasn't worthy. I wasn't enough. I wasn't this and that. And all this negative self-talk started. And I didn't like it. So I made a plan. And that plan was not made because... I was trying to prove a point to the adults. Far from it. I was just desperate. I was desperate to heal the hurt, to heal the dismissal that I was getting and the feeling that I wasn't enough. I was on a mission to heal that. I was on a mission to learn more about how to communicate better and be better. So, of course, the hurt I was feeling, I wanted to heal that. And in order to heal that, I don't know how or why or what prompted me, but it's like I made a decision, a conscious decision internally. I think I was about 12 or 13 when I made a decision to say, wait a minute, if I am feeling this way and if I am feeling this level of dismissal and and disregard. That must mean every other child, every child, forget that, every other child, every child is feeling this way. And if everybody is feeling this way, then I'm going to prove to younger children that not all grown-ups or big people because children, toddlers, you know, they're, they don't know the difference. They just see this big person who kind of 
it's as tall as the adults around them. So I made a decision that I was going to be the person that would notice them, regard them, talk to them. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Pay attention to them, entertain them, and be kind to them. I was going to be present with them. I was going to be all the things that I wish I had. I wish I was being treated or given. I was going to be that for children, younger children. Because I didn't want anyone else to feel the way I was feeling. Because I kind of figured that everyone, every child must be feeling that way. So... The moment I made that switch, something happened. Everywhere I went, I stopped trying to seek that, what I needed, from the adult. And just left them alone. Rather, I moved on to children. And just was there. I would get on, on my knees, make eye contact, to, make, to be at the eye level. And I would play with them. And they would ask me a question, and I would smile and answer the question they would ask why are you here and I'm like because I like being with you guys I think it's fun being with you and playing with you and it's funny the moment I I would say that kids became more relaxed and they felt entertained they felt somebody there was listening somebody was there with them and I could see the difference in their behavior. And I like that. I, watching them made me feel good. That's the the other thing that shocked me. Because I didn't know I was going to get something out of it. And I was like, I like this. So every time I would keep seeking children to just play with and just be present with them. And it made me happy. It made me feel good constantly being with them. So I, I kept trying to do things by playing. And sometimes I'll get on the floor, sit on the floor, you know, play horsey with kids. They'll sit on me and I'm like, gallop, gallop, gallop. And they'll be laughing and everybody's like, "My, it's my turn, my turn, me too, me too. And it was wonderful because I started giving out what I wish I had and I didn't have, but I decided to give that to other kids. It became a tool for me to communicate what was inside of me that I could give joy. I could give peace. I could give attention. I could give love, kindness, peace. I could give that freely. And it, the more I did that, it felt good. And after trying more and more doing that, it, I realized that it became automatic. It didn't become a conscious thing like, oh, I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to do this and this and that. I don't even know when it transitioned or it turned into an automatic behavior where the actions just 
there was just a flow, just a flow of me moving into that space or that behavior or just being that. And of course, over time, it just became second nature. It became like, that's me. Of course, that's me. There's nothing else. You know, a word from our sponsors. We're back. So, anyways. So, because of that, I started noticing something about myself. I didn't care about what the adult did anymore. Or what they didn't give me. Or how they treated me. It just didn't matter to me anymore. Literally. It it changed my outlook. It changed the way I saw myself. It changed the way I saw myself in relation to the adult. And to the community. And I just became filled with being kind kindness became the norm for me where if a child approached me I didn't yell back at them as I was being treated or I was being um, given I rather left that and just focused on what I was giving to the children. And I the more as I grew up doing this practice, I don't even know what I would call it at that time, I recognized something. I recognized that being gentle, kind, present, attentive, and how do I put this other word? Well, in any case, and communicating with children at their level wasn't only for the adults around me. Wasn't only, sorry, for the children around me. Okay? Because that became a friendly way for me to relate to the children. But then I realized it wasn't that alone. It was for everybody. It was for every adult, every child, kids my age, family, friends, people of different religion, different tribes, different languages, and different cultures. I didn't care. I was, I started recognizing that it was easier just to be friendly and kind to everyone. It didn't matter. And the more I did that, I started recognizing something, that it was easier to be kind, friendly, gentle, and even loving to people, no matter where I went. It was easier than being rude and mean. 
that surprised me because I didn't even know anything about that. Because like I said, I started coming up with this idea or this thought when I was a child out of my desperation to heal my pain. So I took some time to think. I think I probably must have been in my 20s or something when I really started recognizing or paying attention to it. You know, and of course, the older I got, I got another surprise. I realized that as you treat people or give to the world, the universe, you receive that back. That was a a complete shock to me. I was like, wait. What? My kindness gets returned? Whoa. My mind was blown. Wait a minute. Seriously? For real? As I am being kind and gentle and loving and friendly to children, then adults, to everybody, every culture... I get that back? Okay. <laughs> that was... I mean, I remember when I became aware of this knowledge or this wisdom. I I couldn't stop smiling. I was like, wait. Wow. That's amazing. To be that kind to all humans. And you know what? Not just that, to all, everything. Kindness to the animals too. Because you don't want to be cruel to animals. And I realized I don't have that in me to be cruel to animals, to be cruel to anything. I realized that you become a gentler person. You become a much more open person to life's experiences and just roll with the punches. It doesn't mean that you will never get someone come at you mean because like I was saying about what I started learning more about our relation to one another, to humanity, to the universe is that as you give, so shall you receive. However, to every action produces an equal and opposite reaction to every action produces both or results in both positive and negative reaction an equal or opposite reaction or results so you understand I could be kind and gentle to all and then I'm still receiving the kindness and gentle. But the opposite part, there are people who will still come at me and be rude and mean. The difference now is that I don't even pay attention to that. Sometimes I don't even acknowledge them. I may be like, huh, okay, and then move on and not take that as my portion, as my problem. Because... Like I said in a previous episode, when people come at you with negative comments, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...or rudeness, they're not really, really, when you think about it, they're not really coming at you specifically and make a plan Said I'm going to do this. It's my plan. Let me wake up this morning and make this plan and come up to throw that. No. Rather, they're just actually informing you of their own mental health issues. If someone is mentally healthy, I promise you, they will not be so mean to you. If they're coming at you and spending all that time and energy coming at you, it's actually them giving you a clue into the situations that are going on with them. That is, their own mental health issues, their own lack, their own hurt, their own pain. They are just projecting that onto you. And in a sad way, when they do that, it's almost like the appropriate thing to do is to not take it personal because it's not yours. But if you really want to do something, don't give it any thought. Move on and change your own emotions as to how you receive it and begin to move on. Okay? So the negativity will come. It's, you know, it will still come. But as you give, you will still receive the kindness back. Okay? So this was a mind blower, a game changer for me to learn this and understand it and then realize, oh my goodness. Our world is actually like this. I didn't know this. You know. And as an adult, full grown adult now, it's powerful to see it play out. You know. So that was one of the first challenges in my life that I learned as an early, in an early age. The second one was very interesting. Why well, should say it is interesting because I'm still here. I'm sure in the beginning of the podcast when I first started doing the podcast, I spoke a little bit about my childhood and how I got to Canada. You see, I when I was in Ghana, I had a, like I said, I had a lot of issues, a lot of trauma, and a lot of uh, adversity. And during that time, 
I was supposed to be educated, but I wasn't getting it. So needless to say, when my father came to get me, to take me to Canada, I could not read, write, or speak English at age 15. And I was embarrassed when my father gave me something to read and I couldn't read it. I was completely mortified. And I started crying. And I recall he asked me this question. If I take you to Canada, will you learn the language? Will you pay attention and listen to me? And do what you're supposed to do to learn the language. And in the midst of that tears and the broken heart, I felt by looking into my father's face and seeing the despair of the hard work he put into sending money to my relatives to educate me and it never went anywhere. And of course the disappointment in his face. I felt I had let him down completely. And in the midst of all that, I don't know where I found the strength or the the firmness to be intentional with my promise to him. And I said, Daddy, I will learn. I will learn the language. I will be obedient and I will learn. Then he said, you promised. And I said, yes, I will learn. Then he said, that's all I need from you. And for the first time in my life, I had an adult look me in the eye and made eye contact with me and spoke to me like I mattered and I had a voice and I had something to say. And I said to myself, I am meaning what I say. And I'm saying what I mean. I will make sure I honor this and not let my father down. Inside of me, that was what I was thinking and saying to myself. And to know that an adult could speak to me and was able to hear me out and believe my words took me seriously. I felt regarded like I mattered and he loved me and he looked at me like I was enough. That blew my mind. And he went about telling the relatives and everybody that yes, she's going to learn. She promised me. And of course, everybody was telling me, oh, she's too dumb. She can't get it. Besides, her brain is so dumb. And so cold, she can't, nothing can get into that. The water in the cooler is even warmer than her brain. He said, well, she promised me she would learn. That's all I needed from her. I needed her word and she gave me her word. 
And I'm good with that. And for that, I'm going to take her and I'm going to educate her. That surprised everybody that he did that. And he stood up for me. And I felt that because it meant an adult for the first time was standing up for me and giving me a chance and telling me, I believe in you. You do something great. A word from our sponsors. Okay. So, it turns out what was meant to take me down and not educate me, especially learning the English, didn't hurt me the way people thought it would hurt me. Rather, I read somewhere this mental specialist or memory specialist, sorry, memory specialist or expert, Mr. David Quick. I read something he wrote. He said, if you're going to learn something, you must first forget what you know about what you're going to learn. Because other prior memories or knowledge of the stuff you're going to learn. If you don't forget it, it will end up interfering in the new way of learning. You would be hanging on to the old, which is not right because it may not be the right thing that you learned. So the new thing might not be learned as it should. It just, it'll just make it difficult or you may end up not learning at all. And I thought that was interesting. What was meant to hurt me and not educate me ended up becoming my saving grace in the sense that I came to the school, the middle school I went to The teacher, the ESL teacher, Mrs. Thompson, was amazing. She taught me to listen to her with my ears and use my eyes to look at her lips and how it's formed. So immediately I was beginning to listen and look. So she was teaching me also how to be a good listener. How to be present when someone is talking to me. And all this, because I didn't have any prior knowledge or experience with that, it helped me because I was completely surrendered, completely open to learning the way she was teaching me. There was nothing interfering in that. There was no prior knowledge interfering in that. There was no, but I thought it's supposed to be no, none of that. So I literally, at 15, had the understanding to learn the language with a clean slate. There was nothing there. She put everything in there to teach me. So for that reason, my English pronunciation 
far surpassed what I would have had if I had learned something. So then, of course, the way I speak English became completely different from my friends and family that were back home. Okay, and even those who were with me in Canada, the accent became significantly different. And even now, when I speak, people go like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Ghana. They go, you don't sound like that, like a Ghanaian. And I always come back as, well, how am I supposed to sound? I am what I am. And of course, in Canada, people go, you have an accent, but we can't make, we can't be sure. And I run into people, they go, oh yeah, you sound like you're, you're Trinidadian. Oh, you sound like you're a Jamaican. Oh, you sound like this. And I'm like, I'm none of that, but I'm from Ghana. I was born in Ghana, but raised in Canada. And they go, oh, okay. But, and I have people who say, well, I came here since I was 19. How come your accent is like this and mine is still the same this way? Well, the difference is you learned there before you came here. So your your learning never changed. Mine changed. And they're like, oh, well, that's weird. Did you, you didn't learn any English before you came? Nope. So in actual, in actual word, what was meant to hurt me, to pull me back, slow me down, and keep me behind, they didn't know that was actually going to be a good thing in a sense. I didn't know at the time, but it turned out to be a good thing in a sense that it helped me grow. It helped me learn better. It hurt. It helped me become a recipient of wisdom and knowledge and understanding the English language better than I would have had if I had learned something. And it made a difference in my speaking. And so, in actual word, your adversities shapes you to be the best that you can be. The best that you can be, you can never figure that out. You can never beat that. But through the hurt and the challenges and the worst parts of the experiences that you've experienced in life, that's how you get to become the best that you can be. So next time, my brothers and sisters, when things are being difficult, when things are coming at you and you feel like the whole world is against you, take notice. That just means the learning and the pressing, the sharpening of your tools is getting better, stronger, more meaningful. So now you're able to contribute beyond what you thought you could have, you could imagine. You know, I've learned a lot of lessons, but these two lessons are the most significant ones. They, they resonate with everything I do today. You know, and it gives me such pleasure to share this story because I'm surprised every day. You know, 
when I started reading, I had I ended up having this voracious appetite because it took me a year to learn to read and write English. And you could imagine at 15 years old and I'm putting a class 7th and 8th grade. That's like 12 and 13 year olds. I mean, 13, 14 year olds. Oh no, I think it's 12 and 13 year olds. But I didn't care. I was just glad to be in the classroom to learn like everybody else. Yes, when it's time for the English thing, I guess pulled out of class to the library and then the teacher sat with me face to face and she made me listen. And I listened to tapes. I listened to uh, her talk to me and I repeated. And then I had to do some writing exercises. Everything from the beginning. So no matter what it is that you're going through, the difficult things you're going through, understand through that you become the best youth that you can be. Something beautiful is going to come out of it. Nothing bad or ugly is going to come out of it. It's always beautiful. It's always stronger. And it's always wonderful to know and learn that about yourself, that you're capable of doing more than you could ever imagine. One thing I would also share is this. No matter what it is that you're going through, when you're going through it, I know it's very tempting to go through that pain and everything that comes at you. And then you would ask this question, why me? That why me may end up preventing you from discovering your strength. Rather, ask the question, what am I supposed to learn from this? How am I going to do this? Teach me. Teach me the obedience to be open to learning this, the lesson I'm supposed to learn. Let me recognize it, learn it, so that I can move on to the next. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to learn, to grow, to be the best me that I can be. That is what... Yes, I know. I'm sure those of you listening, somebody will probably be thinking, is she out of her mind? When I'm in pain, I should be asking those questions. Yes. I did it. When I'm in pain, when the things are really hard, I always say, okay. Okay, God. What is this supposed to teach me? What lesson is supposed to, this is supposed to be? I don't get it. I'm so confused. What is this supposed to teach me? I'm open. Teach me. Help me get this lesson so I don't have to repeat it. Because the worst thing is if you don't get the lesson, you come back and repeat it. No, I don't want to go through multiple pain for one thing when I'm supposed to learn it. I want to get it right. So I will keep asking, what am I supposed to get out of this? What am I supposed to learn? Ask for that. And you'll be shocked. How much more clear things become for you. Nothing better than that. Okay. Thank you for listening. Those of you who want to. Contact me. Ask questions. Okay. 
or a comment or something you want me to discuss or you want to know something, go ahead and contact me at love, L-U-V, the letter, the number four, give, G-I-V-E, live, L-I-V-E, at gmail.com. So love, forgive, at gmail.com. And I will do my best. I will read it, of course, and I will address what you ask for or what you need, okay? If you want to contact me for whatever reason, if this has helped you, let me know. I, ho I hope to help my brothers and sisters awaken to their true self their authentic self, and live a, purpose, a purposeful life and a fulfilled life. Hey, who doesn't want that? So I do this out of the goodness of my heart because I want to. And I want to empower, encourage, and of course, motivate. Okay? Those of you who are listening through YouTube, Go ahead and subscribe. I do posts every Sunday. So thank you. We are on Spotify. I believe. iCloud. And I think Apple Store. Um, I think iHeartRadio. And of course Amazon. So. And we are growing. We are looking for more and more ways to share the news and what we encourage people for. So thank you. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Have an awesome week. And no matter what, there's always a lesson to be learned. And we will get through this, this pandemic together. Okay, you just gotta hold on. It's, things will turn around. Thank you. Have an awesome week. Enjoy the days that come and then enjoy some sun. Thanks for joining me on Love, Forgive, Live Podcast. See ya. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.